Welcome into another edition of West of Everest. A day after Oklahoma knocks off Texas, thirty-four to thirty, in what was one of the most insane Red River rivalry games that we have ever witnessed. And uh, boy, it's happy. Uh, it's a good thing, and we're happy that it came out the way that we wanted it to come out. Lee Benson, alongside Grant Benson, joining you. Uh, interesting podcasting recording schedule. As you may know, we're getting to you a little bit later than normal. I just got off a plane a little bit ago. I'm in a hotel room right now in Freeport, Maine for a work conference this week. And Grant, of course, is in Minnesota. So that's why the delay. Uh, I was able to rewatch the game on the airplane this morning. Obviously watched it all yesterday uh, at a bar in Norman. Grant, you watched it in Minneapolis. And uh, we were texting all throughout. Man, I just I hope that people that watch that game that let's say they're not invested in either Oklahoma or Texas. They just came away thinking, man, that was a great football game. I mean, yeah, that seems to be kind of the takeaway that I've seen. Everyone was going nuts about it. It was uh, it was definitely the A topic of yesterday. Well, I mean, yeah, for the most part, it was the A topic of yesterday. Pretty pretty crazy day of college football, actually. Some, some weird stuff happened as well. But um, I always love it when it's a weird day of college football and OU is still the marquee game and they actually win. It's wonderful. And of course, it's it, it's never better when it's in the setting uh, of the Cotton Bowl this time around. What just an absolutely wonderful, cathartic, great win for OU's football program. An outstanding win. The biggest win they've had in the program um, in, in a few years, at least. Absolutely. And it was in a situation where, yes, Oklahoma was a team that had a great chance to win that football game. We talked about that, but Texas is the better foot or was the better football team coming in on paper, eyeball test, uh, resume, and that's why pretty much everybody was picking Texas. It wasn't anything against Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma is, is a good fucking is a good football team, obviously. Uh, and seeing the way the game played out, the fact that OU was able to stop the run as well as the Sooners did, aside from one decently long touchdown run by Brooks in the second half. Uh, the way Oklahoma was able to uh, move the football against the best defense they've seen all year and maybe the best or one of the best defenses in college football in a setting like that and with the quarterback in Dylan Gabriel who has never played a game that big in his life and he stepped up the way he did throughout the afternoon and not just him, many players on that team. Just a, an incredible game and I got to give a lot of credit to Brent Venables because Came into this season very skeptical because of what happened last year and the way last year should have gone win-loss-wise. We've beaten everybody over the head with it. Oklahoma shouldn't have been 6-7 and seven last year. They should have won more games than that. <laughs> Oklahoma's 6-0. and oh. They've already got the six wins so far this year, and Brent Venables and his coaching staff deserve a ton of credit. And they've done exactly what they needed to do going into this season. And you know, it's halfway through the year. He talked about that after the game. He said, hey, guys, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer. It's, we're we're six and zero. We're one and zero this week. There's more to go, but man, you can't help but be incredibly excited about this season and the way this program is going. Especially considering it was at least at this podcast a lot of skepticism two months ago. And I think I, I think a big takeaway of the game really was was just how they played, how um, how poised they were, and how how ready they were just to play the game. There were numerous times, especially in. 
in the first half of that game, obviously in the second half, the fourth quarter, where uh, the game was kind of on a fulcrum. It could have gone in any sort of direction. Um, you know, the, ma- the, the massive momentum swings in that game, um, every single time that OU absolutely needed to answer, they did every single time in this game. And just the way that they played with their hair on fire, the way that they started the game, um, I, I, I don't know how you can come away from this game just not incredibly encouraged and not thinking at the very least this team is it's it's ready to compete for a playoff spot and that's that's really fun that's really great to see um especially after how awful last year was and i'm just I, i'm i'm just fired up I, i'm so fired up that um <laughs> I, frankly that this was a game and i you know i said it in the in the pod earlier this week about how man i just the, texas was kind of due for a stinker in this game and i, I don't know necessarily that texas had a stinker in this game as much as OU and Texas are just two really good football teams, and OU is every bit as good as Texas is, and obviously, I mean, obviously, in this case, they beat them. And um, man, that was it was really nice to see uh, a lot of stuff um, validated in front of my eyes this year. Um, I thought uh, Texas was really impressive to me coming into this game, but when I watched both teams play, there were a few instances or there were a few spots where I thought maybe OU could win the battle in this game. And I thought I thought some of the rhetoric going into this game was probably a little bit over the top, especially talking about how outmanned Oklahoma was in the trenches in this game. I thought, like, I mean, if you put a gun to my head going into this game, I would have given the edge to Texas in that regard. But it would have been a slight edge, nowhere near as much as 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 kind of the rhetoric was going into this game. And I think we saw that play out on the field. Um, I would even say OU won the line of scrimmage in this game uh, decisively, actually. Um, the, the, the area where, where Texas, I thought had the biggest advantage was just, was, was them throwing the ball on the RPO against, against OU secondary. That, that was their, that was Texas's biggest advantage. And I think the, the only part of the game that they won decisively, um, man, but other than that, I'll push back a little bit on that, but keep going. No, I want you, I, I want you to push back on it. I mean, it's, and Obviously, like you're, you'll agree oh, when teams. I say it. But special just, teams. Yeah. Uh, anytime there was a kick or a punt, <laughs> Texas uh, severely outplayed Oklahoma. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So I, I guess I was, obviously I was more thinking of just like when, you know, down to down we're lining up. I know. And just I going know. up against um, OU, that was their best, that, I, that was their best game running the ball this season against that Texas front that was just so scary and unblockable. Uh, that didn't seem to be the case. In fact, there were there were multiple times during that game where they got pretty decent surge in the middle of the offensive line. Um, there was especially the opening drive of the second half. That was a that was a drive where OU's offensive line kind of mauled a little bit, uh, which was good to see. And I thought if if you could have one sort of nitpick from Jeff Lebby in the second half, there were times where it sort of felt like they should have stuck to the run a little bit more um, with Tawi Walker, of course. I, it's especially in the fourth quarter. Um, after their their snap count had gotten up, kind of maybe leaning on Tawi, they they struggled to tackle him. Every team has struggled to tackle Tawi Walker. Weird. Yeah, it got to the point where it was just Tawi uh, and a little bit of Gavin Sawchuk at the end. I on the broadcast, I could have swore I heard Herb Street, Herb Street or Fowler mention at some point in the second half that Major wasn't available, and so I I don't know if maybe I misheard or I I, I don't recall hearing anything after the game about his availability is this did that stick out to you or am i making that up um i don't know so i got right before we just hopped on here i was i finished the third quarter of my rewatch 
And Major and Tawi were still like on that opening second half drive where Tawi scored. Once they got down into the red zone, there were a couple of plays there where him and Tawi were switching off. Tawi and Major. And I guess that was the last time I kind of thought about him, I suppose. <laughs> so I don't, but yeah, I, I don't really remember seeing Major in the fourth quarter. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. Uh, maybe I misheard the announcers, but uh, yeah, Tawi was great. I mean, it was, uh, there's a lot of good stuff from him. Uh, one not so good play that I'm sure he wants back. But, uh, yeah, we're kind of bouncing back and forth, back and forth. I know in the past we've kind of just gone from the beginning. And uh, I'll admit, I'm, I'm doing this on the fly. I don't, you know, I've been traveling, don't have any prompts. I, I just got my, my thoughts in my head. But, uh, I mean, I can't help but think we should start with the very beginning of the game, man. Two snaps. I mean, the first two snaps were terrific. A TFL and then an interception. <laughs> then Oklahoma gets the ball and scores relatively easily. That is kind of the, yeah, that was the part. We didn't touch on it at all. It's just like how, how well the game started and how, man, I, it, wouldn't it great to see Woody Washington just toss Jatavian Sanders aside and make the TFL? I mean, a, 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 you know, against a very obviously injured Jatavian Sanders, but um, still. Yeah, live, I didn't, I didn't catch that it was Sanders that he threw aside. Upon the rewatch, I did see it was Sanders, and, and when I was rewatching, I thought, oh, well, right off the bat, we learned that he's definitely not fully healthy. <laughs> Because that probably wouldn't have happened if he was 100% or even 90%. Uh, but, hey, you know, that's – and he played a lot more than I thought he did when I watched it live. I mean, I was watching it at, uh, at, at Roosters in Norman on Main Street. It was packed. It was great. Uh, and, I, I mean, it, it's, there's only so much stuff you can tell live uh, precisely. And when I watched it back, I realized he did play a lot more than I thought he did. I mean, I saw he had the one catch, but – uh, he was out there a lot, a lot more than I thought, but uh, but yeah, great start to the game. And then it's not like Oklahoma even did anything that crazy on that second snap of the game. Uh, Quinn Ewers just just kind of yeah made a terrible mistake, and Ginger Williams made him pay for it. Just stared it down. That was what you know pre-snap. That's what he was gonna do. I you know I I mean oh you defended it well. It's just like that was yeah that was a really bad decision from Ewers. It almost like it almost kind of seems like Gentry didn't even couldn't even believe that he threw the ball. Like, what are you doing? Right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, and so uh, OU gets the football. Now I brought up the play-by-play just so I can kind of have something to go on. Uh, you get the ball, and I like the right off the bat, and we're not going to do this the entire time, but usually when we start, we like to kind of go. I like that the first play, they, they get Marcus Major out catching passes. That's where I like Marcus Major the most. Doing the thing that he, do, he does well. That's his, that's his best play, that swing pass, where he gets a head of steam going. And, they, I mean, they didn't pick up any yards, but at least they – they made they made Texas's defense run sideline to sideline on the very first play, at least. And the reason why I wanted to kind of go to the play by play here is the next snap, we got a Jalil Farouk rush grant. And I joked in the pregame, the, the the podcast, like over under three and a half Jalil Farouk rushes. He had three. <laughs> that, that's a pretty good, yeah. That, that was a good that was a good handicap from you. And they were all pretty successful too. Yeah, and I mean he should have probably had more. But I mean Speak. I mean, let's talk about Farouk. That's an easy guy to, to kind of go into. By the way, Dylan Gabriel caps off that drive with a, a great call by Jeff Levy on the quarterback draw. Might as well be Kyler Murray back there, man, with or Caleb Williams with how nice that looked. Honestly, I'm and uh, yeah, I mean, that was great. And I, I've said it honestly since about halfway through last year that one of Gabriel's best assets is just when he's in the open field, he's a he's a pretty crafty little runner. He's pretty good at it. And it was, um, and we'll, we'll get into it as we get, you know, further and further the play by play. But he was, I, 
it, it bore out in this game, man. He was great. He was so good. He was he, he ran the ball so well in this game. And um, that's, that's good to see. I mean, if, if that can be part of their offense going forward, that's tough. Uh, she, man, he might, he might lead the team in rushing before the end of the year. I don't even know. What if they just lean on that? Yeah, that's, that's the thing, though. I mean, yes, they, they did have their best rushing day. The stats are skewed, though, by about maybe three three Gabriel runs maybe even two I mean he, I mean that one long one then he Those had another count? like 20 31 they count uh but they got to get the the running game going better with with the running backs but I mean I thought I thought for this like, yeah so far, I, I agree I agree yeah I I would like them to be you know I'd like them to be you know getting chunks of six seven yards every time they run the ball and not you know two or three yards but they did the running game did exactly what they needed to do in this game like I, I went back and watched, and now that I'm thinking about it, one of the fruk rushes, was a was like a little pitch that they, it was just they got outnumbered on that side, and they just they outthought themselves on that play. I don't know what they were doing. I yeah, that was the second rush he had, and that was right after uh, the the second interception, I believe. There and then there was that, and then there was also one other Tawi run in the fourth quarter that was for a loss. Other than that, I think those were the only times that there was a tackle for a loss on a on a designed run play, which is huge. The really like the only thing that they and and they got a lot more of this with with Gabriel's legs in this, but really all they needed for, you know, in the run game in this game was just to get that 2 or 3 yards a pop. Just go forward. And that's why I thought Tawi was probably the better choice for this game. And that's that's kind of, that's what happened. Tawi was tough. He got tough yardage. It wasn't a the, the the running game was good enough with the running backs that Texas still had to think about it. They still had to dedicate oh, yes. bodies to stop it. Oh, 100 percent. You're exactly right. I mean, it all started. I, think, I believe Tawi's first touch was the one where he was he broke like three or four tackles and just kept kind of inching forward and got like eight yards when it should have only been maybe three. And that's just that's what he does. Uh, I, I mean, there was one, I think, in the second half. Uh, there was a I can't remember exactly it might have been on third down where he caught a pass out of the backfield broke that tackle and picked up the first down uh, I mean we can jump back back and forth but I mean so I mean OU scored make it seven nothing and then the defense immediately after Texas gets the ball back was still just hounding Quinn yours and stopping the run and it got to the point where it was so bad Texas is on their second series of the game they're about to go three and out and they fake a punt and it works <laughs> It works like, too, and oh, it was man. like, gosh, and it was, I, and I was, I was thinking about it as it happened too. I saw, like, I, I saw that it was Whittington was the up man there, and I was like, oh god, there you have a lot of dudes, and there's only like two guys on OU's side there. And there you go, and so which sucks. I mean, we didn't really get to see a lot of the play develop because of the weird broadcast of what was going on with the broadcast. I don't know, but yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, it sucks. Yeah, the first, you know. They needed that, and then I think what later in that drive they needed sort of the fourth and one little little jump pass, like the exact same play that Eric Gray threw a pick on last year. <laughs> Man, that's the thing, and I didn't I didn't catch live that that wasn't Quinn Ewers playing quarterback, that they were in their Wildcat set, and geez, Louise, man, upon the rewatch. I mean, I don't know how much of that was on tape. I know I saw a little bit of that when I was watching Wyoming and Alabama and a little bit of Kansas, like. It would have been great if Billy Bowman would have picked that off. I, it's, I, I don't, Billy, Billy, uh, I mean, it's not easy, but that, like, Billy, you're not going to be the guy to come up there and stop a run. Like, sorry, you're the safety. Like, you got, got the linebackers are really good. The front's really good. If, it's, if they're going to run the ball short, honestly, it'd be better for you if you were kind of hanging back just in case to be the safety guy to, to chase somebody down. 
hang back and play pass. He could have picked that off. But anyways, that's that's a nitpick. Well, he made he up well. he made up for it with a with a great play later down by the goal line. About what is it? Three plays later, two plays later. Yep, yep. And that was on Sanders. That I, I didn't live. I didn't catch that. That was attended for Sanders that he popped legally. By the way, which is it was, big. It's awesome, man. I mean, that was just that's that's just really good defense. I thought like I, I thought it was a pretty nice little little play that they schemed up there for Jatavian Sanders. He had a Ewers had a split second to get it out. He got it out on time, and Billy just makes a play, man. It's like and it was and it was like fundamentally perfect too. Puts his shoulder right into into Sanders' shoulder. Um, the slow yep. motion replay of that is awesome. You can actually see sort of like the violence of the collision, and B- Billy smoked him. I mean, it was it was sweet. That was I, I was I was uh, I was jumping I I was I, I jumped up from my couch man I was I was I was swiping the air I was punching the air I was so fired up I thought <laughs> it was it, it was really disappointing they couldn't they couldn't do anything after that um, gosh how sweet would it have been if they just would have just broken it open after that or something like that and obviously that's this, the thing man that's tough to do in this game but man there were times where if they were just a little bit sharper they actually could have broken the game totally open i bet there's a lot of sooners fans out there and you're probably one of them and people at the bar i was watching with before that fake punt granted i mean this is super early they were punting the ball back to ou i i was like oh my gosh is this gonna be could this be it could this be a, a re, like a 2000 version and obviously they fake the punt and they get it and the game ends up being super tight because um, I even think I mean, it, it was, was it was unlikely, but yeah, I think it was it was actually only it was in their first set of downs on that second drive for Texas that their center went out. He got hurt, and even then, yeah. like, even at, even at that point, like the first five six snaps of the game, OU was OU's defensive line was winning that battle. I mean, it, they looked they were they were moving them, they were getting around them easily, and then like when their center went down, I started to think, oh boy. You know, Texas already is kind of, you know, if they have a weakness on offense, it was already the interior of their offensive line, and now their center's down. Um, I was starting to think kind of the same thing, like, oh, this is, everything's kind of coming up Millhouse right now for OU. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he got injured on, I believe, the second snap of Texas's second possession on a DeJon Terry sack. My man DeJon Terry, huge game. My my big-time transfer from Tennessee, I wanted that guy to be a, a really good player, and he... He was awesome yesterday, man. He was taking up space, making moves, athletic. I mean, the whole defensive line honestly played really well. But I was say, uh, yeah, there was uh, he, he stood out. I, I I thought so too. There was, I mean, there was a handful of guys on the defensive line who I think you could say probably played their best game at OU. Dejon Terry being one of them. Ethan Downs, the obvious one. He was Ethan Downs was maybe their best player on defense in this game. Was two was sacks. Just, was really and. They were awesome sacks. The one where he where he absolutely should have gotten a flag for being in Quinn Ewers' face. Yes. And it was it was so awesome that he did not get flagged for that. Because <laughs> yeah. I've, I've already seen the screenshot of it, and that thing's going to be going around for years. And, and how about his teammates, like, immediately recognize, like, dude, what are you, get up, stop like, get it. Away, what are you get doing? away, And he was like, I, I can, like, I can understand why Eddie. he was, I can understand why he was fired up, because, like, it was, they they had him. They basically blocked him with both of their tight ends, with Gunner Helm and then Jatavian Sanders there at the end. And he just he just blew up Jatavian Sanders. I know, just he like got through I two mean, guys. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and um, and he was fired up. I get it. I was fired up, man. That was uh, 
And so, yeah, I was going to say, other than that, I was like, yeah, Dejon Terry, Ethan Downs, best game of his career. I thought Jordan Jacob Kelly. Lacey. Jacob Lacey was good. I thought Jordan Kelly was really good. Um, mm-hmm. I thought, and going back to the, uh, it's the offense. Uh, this was Jalil Farouk's, the best game of his career, I thought, probably. Um, a lot of guys like that, man. A lot of guys like that. So, yeah, it was after the Billy Bowman's great pass breakup. Kendall Dolby had the pick on the deflection. And then it was that next snap where they did, they got a little too cute, which, I mean, it was kind of creative. If, if it would have worked, it would have been great, where they pitched it on the end around to Farouk, who lost yardage. And they go three and out, and that's when they block the punt. And it's like, okay, we're going to do this? I mean, they were so spread out. And I watched the replay a couple of times of the block punt, and it made me think, like, why, why isn't every punt blocked? Because <laughs> it looks so easy. It looked like it was the easiest thing to do to block it. And then, of course, that gets Texas back in the game, and... It's just it's like really you're gonna give that up, and I mean obviously oh you won so it's it's not that big as big of a deal, but it's like ah oh, come on, that, all the momentum and then that happens. I think you know, and that's like that blocked that blocked punt was like identical to the one that they blocked two years ago too for a touchdown. It seemed like where yeah. it was just, and so I, I guess yeah, that's a situation. It's frustrating. That was so frustrating. Where even at that point I was like oh my gosh, that was just. They had all of the momentum after after picking off viewers for the second time, and they just it 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 did. At, at watching it live, it felt like they had they had let something kind of fall through their hands a little bit there. And um, but man, that's just the nature of this game. That it's it's clear. Like this is this game right now. The current iteration of it for the last ten years is just is way crazier than it was when we were kids. It's it's just it's way more intense, way more crazy now. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, no, OU wasn't able to get any points in the extra. They got, a couple, they got a couple first downs. They had to punt, and then Plass had a really bad punt. And But the defense stepped up. I mean, the defense – I mean, Texas got the ball around midfield, and they just go backwards. I'm looking at the box score now. I mean, there's a, there's a sack in here, a Jaron Canick sack. I'm kind of blanking on that. On second down, I, it was Jaron Canick um, sack on – it was one so it was one downs was like the very first one there and he he was able to like to to force yours up to Dejon oh, Terry yep, who was yep. right there and it was the Terry one where Dejon Terry on, was yep. grabbing his ankle holding on his ankle yours was able to get away and then yes yours got like 2 yards upfield and that's where Canick was okay yep good call yep I, I remember that now so i mean OU's defense steps up forces another punt and i'm looking at it here i mean the first quarter um, I guess okay. So it was the next drive then that where Oklahoma was able to go down and kick a field goal, and so it would have been on this. I think this drive is is that where Gabriel had one of his long. Did he, eh, no, what am I thinking of? Yeah, the touch. Yeah, the the field goal drive is when he had the the one shot that they took in the game that they hit to Farouk when he was on Catalan. Um, it was like a forty five yarder or something like that. So I'm looking. Okay, so this was the drive into the third, into the first quarter. This is big because this is whenever. Oh, by the way, you know we've we've totally jumped over it. Um, so they're they're stopping the the, the game to re- review all these plays. Uh, I almost said Sam Ellinger. <laughs> I almost said Sam Ellinger. Quinn Ewers takes a yard and a half across the line of scrimmage, throws a pass upfield. They don't they don't bother to take the time to review that to throw throw a flag on Quinn Ewers. Uh, when they're stopping the game for everything else. So I'm, I'm like keeping track of all this crap in my head. Like, oh, that's annoying. That's annoying. Uh, and then Oklahoma on fourth and three, they draw a running into the kicker penalty, which was the right call. 
which was the right call. I think it was, I mean, it was kind of weak, but the guy ran into the kicker and that was huge. So Texas shoots themselves in the foot. Yeah, that's just, that was full on. Like, I don't have any sympathy for that. That's, that's on Texas. Stupid. That was stupid. They tried to get that's aggressive like, again. If you, if you are the guy who is going to come free and maybe have an opportunity, like, that's the one thing you can't do. And he did it. So, yep. like, I'm like, no, there's no sympathy. Like, I, I, I especially like, I can on underst- fourth and under five. Exactly. It's like that was that was 100% just a thank you very much situation. And you're exactly right. The next snap, the next snap is when Levy called that that shot play to Farouk. And yeah, it was up against Catalan, 43 yards. And that gets him down into, you know, plus territory. And geez, I mean, Andrew Anthony had another like third and long conversion, by the way. I, man, I hope he's okay. Uh, I couldn't get a good look at what happened. I rewatched it. There's no way. That's it was a non-contact. That's an ACL or something for sure. Was it he was getting blocked an, or something? He was kind of getting blocked. He was like, but it was a weird, just kind of one wrong step, and he went down. Like it was. Oh. It looked. It looked like classic, sort of non-contact ACL. Great. He was in a lot of pain, and that was uh, so. Yeah, that, that I mean, that was the one thing is that they're kind of the walking wounded. Now they that it costs that that loss cost. Although it is weird, it sounds like based off of some of the info that was coming out, sort of in the evening, and nothing has been confirmed on Andrell. This is just speculation, I, and I think sort of informed speculation of just what it looked like. I think they're probably going to lose Anthony for the rest of the year, but. Um, multiple people, beat writers, asked McCade Matayer after the game when they were out at the fair, and I, it was just a high ankle sprain. And so he's, I guess, I don't, which is weird because he had a cast on, and um, you mean he had? You mean for McCade Matower? What did I say? So, oh, okay. I McCade, thought you were still yeah, talking McCade about Anthony. No, there's Andrell, and then but McCade Matayer had to be. They they put an air cast on, and he got. Um, and he got carted off, but I guess he just has an ankle sprain. That's from his mouth. So okay, um, well. that's interesting. And then uh, this was speculate. This is speculation that I heard on the Sooner Scoop post game podcast. Uh, but they all thought Gentry Williams being out was a hydration thing uh, because he was he was up moving around just fine, had a lot of energy af- after the game. But they all saw him with like a little bit of gauze on his arm where an IV would go. Okay. So I think, you know, so it sounds like they may have gotten out of it with just, just losing Anthony, which isn't good. I mean, dude is the leading receiver on the team coming into this game. But also, it, but also that's the one area now where you kind of do feel like they can sustain a loss. Um, because that's just, that's just going to mean presumably that's going to be Nick Anderson's snaps, I would guess. Yeah. Uh, Anderson, Gibson, I mean, yeah, they, they, they got some depth there. That's for sure. Uh, also, Jaquez Petaway is on the team, which he makes a, an appearance yes, uh, yesterday, which, man, like, I guess when I rewatch that, I guess I, I get that being a forward lateral. But just the way it, it goes down, I, I, I realize that when you're in the play there, you have to make sure it's very obviously a backwards lateral. So that's on OU. But, I mean, that, that's, that goes back to my – they stopped the game for that, to review that. They don't, But they don't review the – the play that that didn't benefit Texas and the guy across the line of scrimmage, it's just I don't know. Yeah, I that wasn't was nice as upset wrinkle. about that one. I thought that was pretty obviously a forward pass, but um, actually the one I'm kind of and whatever this doesn't, we don't need to spend a lot of time on this. Uh, I'm a little I'm a little annoyed by 
them overturning the fumble on Texas's drive where they didn't score anyway on that drive. Um, that ball was coming loose, man. I'm so, that was like there was not enough there to overturn that. I, I I vehemently disagreed with that overturn. So I I see it both ways. Uh, live, I'm with you. I thought it was coming. If you want to be super nuanced, because the ball had been knocked and it was kind of coming out, but the guy technically still had two hands like clasping it. And if you want to, if you want to count that as he still has the ball, which if it's an OU player, honestly, that's probably what I'm going to going to want to do. And by the time he his knee goes down, that's whenever you finally see clear separation. So I was like, all right, fine. Upon rewatch, but at the same time, though, they didn't call it, they called it a fumble on the field, which should count for which it's supposed to count for something. But they decided that was enough. And so I honestly, both of those replay reviews live when I was watching it, pretty mad. Upon rewatching it, I wasn't as mad <laughs> when I had a better a better view. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not like it wasn't one of the things like it didn't surprise me that they overturned it. I was just like I, I didn't think it was much of a slam dunk is and I and I guess it wasn't, you know, Herbie and Fowler and the they they didn't think it was a slam dunk either. They thought it was close. But um I don't know, man, like when he's still up is when is when the ball starts to jar loose. And by my eyes, yeah. he was pinning it to his thigh. It was he did not have the ball secured in his fingers anymore. Yeah, I mean, I can see it both ways. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that first quarter took forever. By the way, the game was the game was taking forever. Yeah, there was just uh, no reviews, no flow to the game whatsoever in the first quarter. You know, and oh, you went down fourteen ten. Texas took a fourteen ten lead relatively early on in the second quarter. Uh, yeah, I mean, about five minutes in the second quarter, and that was, I mean, they scored their their second touchdown on the same drive. I think it was the Ethan Downs. Uh, might have been the maybe it was his first sack where I mean they had him second and twenty five, and Texas was able to find a way to score and get that that twenty two yard fourth down touchdown pass man like that an eight, like an eighteen yarder to um to Xavier Worthy after the after yep. the second and twenty five and that just killed that was uh, yeah I don't know it I that one I I didn't really rewatch it very closely watching it back I'm assuming it was some sort of RPO that's where they did a lot of their damage um. But yeah, that just Probably, ah yeah. man, that hurt. That that's very really soft. Hurt. Very soft coverage. Yeah. And and the the motion on the fourth down play, that the motion screwed up OU. They got confused. They didn't know who to cover who. And that left the tight end wide open for an easy touchdown pass. You think uh, that was which, you think that was Pearson just being confused as to who to cover and not just being like not just having the awareness to see the tight end leaking out and just trying to play hero ball and trying to kill yours? I thought that's what that was. Well, I don't know what the the call was because it it uh motion at some point like billy bowman was running with the motion man so was it man or did they check the zone there wasn't communication there so if if it was uh if nobody checked to zone it was supposed to be man then uh pearson was probably on the quarterback that was probably his guy he didn't have that motion man guy so i it was either on bowman or gentry and that's the thing i think it was a miscommunication like there somebody didn't get a check or uh yeah it's just that's that 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 killed that hurt because it's just it's a little thing and that's what motion motion can do that and honestly i mean we'll fast i mean we will just briefly motion confused texas on the biggest play of the game that's that won ou the game on nick anderson's touchdown catch that that's what created confusion on that play too so ou was able to kind of get him back uh at, at, a, at a very opportune time but yeah that was that was discouraging but uh i mean 
down 14-10, OU was able to – I mean, they answered it, Grant. They got the ball back, went down, scored. Boom. Made it 17-14. I mean, they answered the bell, like you said earlier. Like, every time they needed to answer, for the most part, the offense did stall for a, a large, port, large period in the second half. But, I mean, what an incredible answer, though, going down 14-10, getting the ball back, boom, 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 going down, scoring to make it 17-14. It was pretty sweet, too, Rewatching it. It was pretty casual. It was professional. It was just... Yeah. It was... Um, I don't want to say, but it was just kind of... Marcus Major started the drive off with two nice runs. Five yeah. yards, eight yards. It was... There was just a lot of poise. And then, like, and then, and then was, it passed to him for six yards. Yeah. And um, I don't know, man. It's hard. When you see stuff like that, it's hard not to attribute it to... They have a quarterback who is starting games and basically like the... You know, for the fourth season of his career. He's really, really... <laughs> experienced and he's, he's poised and he knows poised. this offense and and he knows he has some good guys to throw the ball to and they also had I mean, and i mean they and they, they had a good game plan against texas stuff was there for a majority of the game for them and that's where and we'll get into this a little bit i thought there were times where um like gabriel was was great in this game like don't get me wrong this wasn't his best game this year though there, there was some stuff he missed there was some stuff that he was off on um but of course, you know when they needed him the most, he was nails. He was absolute nails. And so, and that, and this was that drive after going down fourteen to ten, that was an example of it. Because didn't he have? There's yeah, a there was a third down completion to Farouk third and four. on that. Yep, third and four, I believe, to Farouk, and Farouk was able to turn away and, and pick up almost twenty yards. And then it was the very next snap uh, where he was able to scramble and pick up uh, pick up fifteen yards and then tack on the personal foul. Uh, which I thought was a, a bad call. I don't think that should have been a personal when he slid. That I, that was not a good call. So, yeah, I, I, thought I would have been. I'd have been a little miffed about that probably too. I think Dylan slid late, and uh, Thompson didn't didn't hit him in the the head at all. And so I, I thought that was a, a break for Oklahoma. And uh, and that was the same drive. You know that Gavin Freeman had a you know a, a nice gain to get down near the goal line, and then Tawi Walker ended up finishing it off. Like you said, professional drive. Big time drive, big boy drive. I mean, they, boom, boom, boom. Hey, yeah, we're, we're down, but you know what? We got this. Dylan Gabriel, no big deal. And um, it was the I mean, next drive that, that a, Texas. You got Freeman there, yeah. Go like Freeman's little kind of like eleven yard pop pass or whatever. I thought those are just a really good example of just of every guy kind of pitching in. I thought I, I think that was the only time Freeman touched the ball. And and honestly, they've been like they've been trying to run that play with him since last season. That's the first time it's worked. <laughs> I mean, I'm and I'm kind of I, I don't know that for sure, but it just kind of seems like whenever they try that with him, the defense always strings it out. But at that time, it seemed like he made the right cut and he got upfield. He got north and south, and when he goes north and south, he gets he goes pretty quickly, actually. So like he's a guy. There's still something there with Gavin Freeman. I think there is. Yeah, then Texas got the ball back, and right off the bat, they hit a deep a deep middle pass to worthy and i remember watching that just today in the rewatch i that was weird man like it, it was a motion it was another motion thing where the safety came down and i don't i can't remember i think it might have been pearson came down i don't know if that's what he was supposed to do or not and there's nobody in the middle of the field and worthy was open and then just like that 39 yards and texas is in business and uh credit to oklahoma's defense though they, they stiffen up man they they end up getting off the field and brent venables does a nice job of calling timeout preserving some clock to make sure Oklahoma can get the ball back and go get a chance to score before the half. Uh, and that's exactly what OU did. They you know, give up a field goal. They go down. 
uh, you know, with a, a minute 50 to go before halftime, knowing they get the ball to start the second half, which that this is like always the dream scenario, right? I mean, you got the ball going into halftime, uh, trying to score, and then also getting the ball coming out. And they knew it was big. They, they operated as in they knew this that was a very important drive, which I, I do want to say that is that is one of the clear, one of the things from this season compared to last year that has gotten so much better. Man, they, straight, they, they lost games last year because of game management, not understanding the urgency of the moment. Uh, probably two or three games last year where that was the case. That was, that was just com- that was a complete opposite in this game. Whereas, well, there's there's one instance kind of near. They kind of got bailed out a little bit with some with some bad clock management. But, um, mm-hmm. man, it's it, it's night and day. It's night and day. They very clearly worked on that in the off season. Situational stuff. I mean, they they go seventy five yards. Well, it would have been seventy five yards if they would have capped it with a touchdown. But I mean, it started off with an Andrew Anthony nine yard gain. Um, you know, major run for the first down, and then this is also a play where Farouk. Farouk catches the ball near the sideline, spins out of it, and get and gets up the sideline for 34. I mean, the guy had a terrific game, and he's the best player on the team with the ball in his hands. We've known that for a while now, and he was able to display it, kind of like he displayed it last year in the Cotton Bowl uh, when he was playing Wildcat. Like, he was running the ball pretty good. And so that was a big play this drive. Uh, and then also this reminds me, of, I'm looking through there, after Farouk's big play, this was whenever they dumped it off to uh, DG, dumped it off to Tawi. Tawi broke a tackle and picked up 12, got out of bounds. It's just boom, boom. I mean, this is all perfect stuff. And it all leads up to the point where uh, Gabriel, you know, quarterback draw, runs it, no timeouts left, clock's running, clock's running, clock's running. And Tawi's there in the flats. And he drops it. And so here's, the, here's my glass half full view of that uh, play, Grant, as I was trying to, to, to convince myself yesterday and also the rewatch. If Tawi catches that pass, he was off balance, and I think he falls down, and the, the, the half's over. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, that's, that's pretty good cope. But, man, it, it, just, it would have been really nice. They could have capped that off because it actually, like, they – they were playing with fire there a little bit with the clock at the end, but as it played out, like they played it perfectly though. They got it. It was, they knew they had just a little, I actually loved the draw call. Great call knowing that, okay, get on, get on. We didn't get the first down. And so we got to go to the end zone here. And that was clearly what they were yep. doing. And, um, it was just really well done. They, there was no panic. They knew it was calm. It was collected. Even Gabriel rolling out, buying time, he did everything right on that play. Tawi, man, my man, just, but he knows, he knows. The only thing is you could say Dylan's got to make a better throw, but I mean, the throw is good enough. I mean, in that situation, the throw is good enough. Uh, and I mean, not just at the end of the second quarter, at the end of the game in that same, I mean, same type of scenario, they were, they were great. I mean, this is the upside to this Jeff Levy offense. I mean, there's many upsides, but the fact that they go so fast all the time, they're not uncomfortable in these scenarios and that I mean and Lincoln Riley's offense can do that too I mean that but it's just it's nice to know that we're you know we support a team that when they get into these spots where they got to go fast and they got to score quickly it's something that they do all the time anyway so it's not uncomfortable and so far this year uh, it's been it's been so much better than last year man I mean sure the running game is not where we want to be but man this offense and it's 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 mostly on Dylan Gabriel and the receivers and Lebby's calling some good plays, but man, it's it's crazy how how much better this offense seems now compared to it was last year. And uh, 
into the second quarter, into the fourth quarter are perfect examples of what this offense can do when it's firing on all cylinders. Yeah, and there was um Hey man, I was one of them. I was I was really concerned. I thought I thought there was a really, really good chance that the offense was gonna be worse this year than it was last year. And um that's that's clearly not the case, and that's not the case one because they are they have their wide receiver room is just so much better than it was last year as a whole. And two, their their senior quarterback is having a really good season. He's just he has been a lot better than he was last year. And um that's what I mean, big shock, right? You get really, really good quarterback play and your offense is better. How about that? <laughs> and, and so, so is that plays out obviously that t- what go ahead. No, no, no. I was I was gonna ramble. Let's go. Let's say I mean it plays out perfectly. Obviously, a touchdown would have been a lot better. That's that's what you want from Tawi. They kick a field goal. Uh, at least Schmidt makes that field goal. He made it. He made two uh, and then missed a really bad one. Uh, and they get the ball to start the second half and another professional drive. Grant, like thirteen plays, seventy-five yards, touchdown. That was their best drive of the game. season. Best drive of the season up to that point. Looking at it, they got to third down one time, and they converted it over to, to Drake Stoops for six yards. But other than that, it was just it was first and second down. First and second down, Jaleel Farouk getting on the action. Uh, Marcus Major getting on the action. Um, little Austin Stogner, little, little Andrew Anthony here. Yeah. About Austin Stogner. Austin Stogner clearly just plays well in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, that's true. I mean, because this, I mean, this was that's the first... True. This was the first game this season where it did not seem like he was he was a waste being out there, and so like, I mean that's great, and he like it's it's nice to see when he actually is catching passes. You do see just how massive he is. he's so big, but like also he just he can't move at all, which is a problem. So. Yeah, he's a little easier to tackle because the fact that he can't move that fast. But uh, so yeah, I mean, and the defense came out and played really well on the next possession. I mean, this is the possession where. Peyton Bowen came up and, and stuck Quinn and, and forced the fumble. And another moment in the game where, uh, I mean, Oklahoma was already up by two scores, but this is a moment, Grant, where they could have separated, but they, they couldn't. They yeah, couldn't. that's frustrating, man. That was, a, that was actually a step-on-throat moment. They could, and you know what? They knew it was too, and they called up a deep shot the very first play there, but Texas was expecting it, and they covered it up. That was a second play. They, they ran the ball. Oh wait, no, no, you're right. No, because no, they just they just threw it, it yeah. three times. Yeah, uh, but I guess let's not gloss over. I mean, credit to Peyton Bowen, big hit, nice play. He played a lot, um, and he's a guy that hopefully we get to see play a lot of ball in an OU uniform, playing good he's ball. He's a he he's a stud. He's got that dog in him. So, yeah, they can't do anything with it. They got to go three and out. And so Texas, you know, classic example. You know, Texas, they practice too. You know, they're a pretty good team as well. Sudden change, and they were able to, to pick up their, their offense, go off the field, and they go down and they score. They go down and they score, make it 27-20. Uh, um, wait, no, that's, not, no that, that's wrong. That's wrong. They got a field goal. Yeah, they kicked the field goal. Not, yeah, they kicked You know, he's able to hold them to a field goal. And you know this is the time of the time of the game where they often started to kind of bog down, right? They uh, the next the next possession grant was the one where they where OU got stopped on fourth down, fourth and one, where uh, Gabriel had that errant throw to Drake Stoops near the sideline. And that I mean it would have been a tough catch for Drake. That's that's got to be a better throw. Yeah, it was just a bad throw, bad throw, and it was to the 
it's to the short side of the field too. I'm pretty sure. So I mean, it's not like that was not a. I don't know if that was an overly difficult throw from Gabriel. And so that's kind of what, like, he missed that one. He missed, you know, he missed stoops over the middle in the first half as well on, on a third and long. Um, so stuff that like, was right I mean, before the, uh, the pump block, I think. It was, yeah. The, yeah. Um, I, and there's other stuff too, but that's, that's fine. That's fine. You, when, when you make up for it and you lead a, you know, game winning drive in like four plays, you can, there's some grace for, uh, for mistakes like that. Yeah, and so this was the the situation where they they turned it over on downs, and Texas is near kind of near midfield, and Texas feels like okay now we got them here we go and they start moving the ball they start moving the ball they break a big one to Whittington, and as I was watching the the playback like rewatching it Grant and Whittington was breaking free, in my mind, I had forgot like in my mind I was like oh yeah well touchdown like I had forgotten that they tackled him because then that's what led. To the, one of the most incredible moments of the game, the goal line stand. It was that, like, kudos to Jaron Kanick for sticking with it and bringing him down short of the, the end zone because that led to, uh, I mean, maybe the biggest, I mean, the second, we'll say the second biggest moment of the game, the biggest moment up to that point. Uh, obviously, the biggest moment of the game ended up being the, the very end. Uh, but, I mean, just, inc- I mean, Grant, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe there was a time during Alex Grinch that they might have done it, like, and we just forgot about it. I don't know, like, against some bad team where it was like, oh, that was surprising. But against a really good Texas team in the Cotton Bowl and the way they turned Texas away, that that was one of the coolest things that we've witnessed defensively in a long time. That was the best the best sequence and o- the OU defense has had, I obviously, in well over a decade, I, I I can't even. That was amazing. That looked like that. You know, there there have been times, a lot, especially in Lincoln Riley's era, where I thought, oh, you got stuffed quite a bit, like near the goal line. And whenever I would watch it, I would always like see just like free defenders come through and like make plays and stuff. And I'm just like, wow, why can't OU's defense ever do that? Like, why do they? Why are they always getting blown off the ball and never in the right spot and stuff like that? And then boom, we have in year two of Brent Venables, we see them do all four plays defended perfectly back to back to back to back kip lewis on the first one sexual amazing that was so <laughs> awesome yeah kip was great he slides through boom trips him up uh disan mccola was in on the next one and, and a he, bunch of the guys were just yeah the the best part was those for on first second and third down they had they had byron murphy and tavandre sweat out there the first one kip lewis just sort of squeezes like inside Byron Murphy to come in to make the play which is like god I've seen I've seen just like random West Virginia linebacker make that play on OU's guys so many times <laughs> just like stuff like that Kip Lewis makes the play second one that's where that's where Desan McCullough just meets Byron Murphy in the hole and kind of kind of pushes him back a little bit just meets him force on force pushes him back ever so slightly just doesn't give up any ground and that stuffs the play completely it, it disrupts the timing of the play. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and you, I will say, if you go back and rewatch it, you got to give an assist, though, to Jonathan Brooks on third down. If he just would have trusted his his blocking, he might have had a chance to score there. But he, because the, the play was designed to go to the right, for some reason he hesitates and tries to go cut it back to the left right into Danny Stutzman. And, and so, like, that was the one where it was like, okay, like, thank, like, but at that point it was third down. Uh, I'm sure Brooks was probably like, crap, I got to make a play here. Like this isn't working. I got to do something, and it, it it worked to Oklahoma's benefit. Yeah, and then it was uh, 
Man, that fourth down play, it was uh, as soon as they lined up like that, I knew it, I knew that is exactly what they were running. I was like, this is a screen. This is a screen to a receiver. And, oh, man, Billy Bowman and Desan McCullough. I don't really know what you can Boom. say. It was awesome. It was awesome. And it was, it like, I, I rewatched it about three or four times. Man, they, they recognized it. They thought that play was coming, too. And they, so I, I think they were, they were prepared for it. They knew, man, McCullough kept, he was near the line. He kept looking back a little bit. And as soon as he recognized the play, it was just bang, bang. It was awesome. I was shocked that, that Texas didn't snap it quicker. I thought they were kind of going to run up and then get set and snap it. Like they, they waited like two or three beats and then snapped it. And I don't know if that, if that didn't matter or I, maybe they would have caught Oklahoma more off guard if they would have just gone really quick and done it but either way it is beautiful and then but then you think okay OU gets the ball backed up against their own goal line and they're out of the shotgun and we already saw Texas block a punt and you're just thinking this this game's weird and the whole entire time I'm thinking I can maybe quarterback sneak and just give you some little bit of room here and then Tawi in the offensive line bust out boom 12 yards gives them some breathing room that I mean just that was a huge play in the game just a small thing like that. Uh, then they, yeah, and that was it's the, when they needed it, and that's that was the drive where Dylan broke off like his like fifty yarder, right? Yeah, yeah, that was the series where yeah where Dylan broke up uh, forty four yards. Uh, OU fans will hate me for saying this. I think Quinn Ewers scores there. I think Quinn Ewers is faster than Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, he's lighter. So and, uh, granted, D- Dylan was running a heck of a lot more than Quinn was, which is a Dylan good thing is much more yesterday. much more fleet on his feet though. Like he's very, Dylan has has very. Maybe Quinn quick wouldn't feet. have scored, but maybe Quinn wouldn't have scored, but I, maybe he would have gotten a little farther. Uh, but uh, but credit to Oklahoma's defense, he didn't have. I mean, he he like got like a six yard gain, like kind of scrambled up upfield and got a first down one time. And other than that, he didn't really run. So they were able to keep him inside the pocket and contained. Uh, but yeah, and that was the drive though, where uh, a third down, uh, like Gabriel. Okay, no, no, it's a different drive. Uh, where Zach Schmidt missed that field goal and just a, d- didn't even get it there. It was I mean, it wasn't on track either, but he didn't even get it. <laughs> like, yeah, it I didn't even like realize. The end zone. I didn't even realize it was short until I rewatched it today. I thought he just missed it by like a couple of inches to the right. Um, no, I wasn't even close. Yeah, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I have zero confidence in him. I would, I'm, in a situation like that, the rest of the season, I'm going for it 100% of the time. I Zero confidence in him. And I think coming into this game, Texas fans, and Texas was kind of like in a spot where they didn't have a whole lot of confidence in their kicker, Auburn, but he was nails. I mean, <laughs> he had no uh, they issues. Don't, they don't miss kicks. I mean, we've been over this numerous times. They've The only <laughs> the only kick Texas has, lo- or has, has missed in this game since 2001 is a block, and a, blo- a block in which would, where, where Perrion Winfrey was there basically to catch the kick. Uh, one of these, uh, we can probably look back in the last three years. They they did miss one though. I I, I want to say they missed like a like a, a traditional non block kick. But uh, oh, so, actually, yeah, I think it. I, mean, I think they may have missed one in twenty one. Now that I'm thinking about it, but still, like over time, if you look back at the last decade and longer, it's OU misses stuff and Texas never does, with the exception of maybe one or two. Uh, and the next drive, I mean, Texas t- took over and they had the momentum and they went and scored. I mean, Jordan Whittington had a big day. He was really good. Um, 
I was like once we got to the fourth quarter, Grant, and uh, and and your guy, um, whatever his name is, the the transfer from Georgia hadn't really done anything. I was like, okay, well, fourth quarter. This is when this guy's done everything all year is in the fourth quarter. So crap, uh, guard him. And thankfully, he didn't do anything in the fourth quarter, but it was Jordan Whittington doing things, and uh, Xavier Worthy had a big game too. So, uh, I, yeah, I mean, Texas scores make it twenty seven twenty seven. And then Oklahoma goes three and out, and that was okay. Then that was the third down where, where DG just threw a fastball past Stogner, <laughs> but it's almost like Austin Stogner is going to be your guy that you target on third down. I don't know. I mean, but you said a moment ago though it's a Cotton Bowl and he plays well in the Cotton Bowl, so maybe that wasn't the right move. Yeah, I think I I think it's I think it's fair to question that on. At that point in time, the most important play of the game. Why are you Why are you running an out with Stogner? I, I don't I didn't I didn't like that play call at all like at all, but whatever man you, they've made up for it. And I mean, Andrew Anthony was out by now, and that's been a third down blanket for Dylan Gabriel. Uh, not even like really Farouk has been, and you know maybe that that probably factored in as well. Like no Andrew Anthony out there, that hurt at that point. And so you know Texas is able to get the football and. I mean, obviously, credit OU for holding them to a field goal, uh, and they. But it was just this was the time where like things kind of started feeling like, man, they played so well minus special teams. Sure, the offense has kind of stalled a little bit, but man, it sure feels like OU deserves to win this football game. Granted, nobody truly deserves to win in sports. Like everybody practices hard. Like everybody, you get you got to win the game. But I think you all know what I mean. But Texas has the ball in a good spot. And you're just hoping that the Oklahoma defense can t- step up and do something. And they do a little bit. They bend. They, you know, they, they get a sack on yours, which is good at a good spot to back them up a bit. Um, but this is the time where it didn't, it didn't hurt Oklahoma in the long run. But Brent Venables' time, timeout, time management here was not good. It was not good. Uh, the clock was running. 25, 26 seconds went off the clock. Uh, and then he takes a timeout with 129 to go on third down. It got that far into it. Save your timeout, man. Don't call it. Play it out. Because he burns a timeout. He wastes 26 seconds. Uh, thankfully, Oklahoma's defense, credit to uh, Jaron Kanick for getting a stop, making a tackle on third down and 10 to, to force a field goal because obviously a first down there, the game's over, basically, unless Texas misses the field goal. Uh, Texas kicks the field goal with a minute 22 if – the clock management would have been better. There either would have been more time on the clock or Oklahoma would have had a timeout in their pocket to go into that. With Instead, they had no timeouts and 26 fewer seconds on the clock. And that's something that I hit on. I hit Venables for last year. And so far this year, there hasn't been many opportunities for him to kind of uh, flub it up. And in the first half, it was good going into halftime. But this, I think, this was a mistake. And, and I mean, in – in the long run, it didn't matter, but, I mean, those extra 26 seconds, actually, you know what? If those extra 26 seconds would have been there, Grant, it would have given Texas more time. <laughs> it worked out It worked out perfectly for them. So it's like, I don't know, man. I hope that's just evidence that this is a charmed season and we're about to see some really fun stuff. I don't know. Because, yeah, that it they made a mistake, but it ended up working out perfect for them in the end. So, Or, you know what? Brent Venables is so far ahead of everybody that he knows how fast his offense can operate. And he's like, you know what? All we need is, like, a minute max so if we're at 122 that's fine who cares (laughs) gosh man i'm so happy like 
Doesn't it just fill you with so much joy that Texas's defense looked like an Alex Grinch defense on that last drive? <laughs> well, real quick before we get to that, uh, I did notice on the the field goal attempt by Texas on the rewatch that uh, Oklahoma kind of got clever. I mean, it was smart. They they put PJ Adebore behind four rushers to see if they could get a push and get that super long his long ninja arms up to try to block something. Like obviously, like the Burt Auburn just crushed it and there was no ch- i mean it was perfect there's no chance i mean it was just, it, just a no doubter like it was like put it in the field goal hall of fame of course of course <laughs> yeah but but i i did appreciate oklahoma's special teams you know let's get our longest dude out there to see if he can get his crazy like rubber long crazy i don't know what's the right um what do basketball players say like when like what's your your wing your wingspan <laughs> like his crazy wingspan out there so they can get get a get a finger on it but uh, didn't work out. But yeah, man. I mean, I, Dylan Gabriel was like, all right, we got this, man. And they did. <laughs> they hit the ball, and it was just boom, 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 boom. Drake Stoops. I don't remember. Jaleel Farouk like, breaking it. Sitting here, I don't really remember. When was the last time an OU offense has done that? Gotten the ball back down and gone down and scored, like, that quickly. I just, like, I don't. It kind of seems like whenever that needed to happen, like when ba- like the Baker situation, I mean the Iowa State game is the only one I can think of where they failed in that scenario. Like I'm talking like end of game, like literally like game is over if they do not if if they turn the ball over on downs here or if they Hmm. I mean that was so clutch. I mean that was so freaking clutch. It was awesome. Oh, it that's was, that is the epitome of clutch. I mean and it wouldn't have been as clutch if it, if the game was tied. Obviously, like the fact that they were losing—that's why it's 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 incredible. I mean, Gabriel comes out, boom, Drake Stoops first down. Uh, Jalil Farouk uh, makes a move, another break, broken tackle, gets out of bounds, picks up sixteen, and then the next play, the third play, is whenever Dylan uh, moves up in the pocket, buys time, and you could just this is a his rapport with Drake Stoops, and Drake Stoops being a smart player, Stoops is just like, oh, I'm going to go to a spot. Help my quarterback out. Boom. 28 yards. And then now we're just like, oh my gosh, this could happen. That was beautiful. And then they, they stay aggressive. They go, they go for the double move, which draws the penalty. Um, which, gosh, I, I, I kind of like, I'm, I'm glad it all worked out. But man, I loved the double move play call. I loved it so much. And it worked, obviously. It, 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 it fooled the defender and he had to grab and, and hang on for dear life. To, to prevent the touchdown. Um, man, what a fun sequence that was. And it was so quick, too. That's the, it was like, it was so quick, it didn't even give us any time to be stressed, really. It was like, it was so great. <laughs> the, fir- the first two plays, the one to Stoops, and then to, and then to Fruk, and they're already into Texas territory, and you're like, oh, crap, there's still over a minute left in this game. They're good. Like, time <laughs> is not even really a factor anymore. This is awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and uh, it was Nick Anderson, the target on that PI, and it was obviously a PI. I mean, he was just riding him out of bounds, uh, and then just like that, they're, they're first and goal from the six, and there's like fifty seconds to go. <laughs> I mean, there's tons of time. And then from there, I mean, the uh, the, the first and goal play call is perfect. I, I feel like it's the only play that you can reasonably call in that situation. You got to go back to the quarterback draw. Because it's, I mean, it's, it has worked for you every single time you've run it. So of course, just go back to it. And hey, it's productive. They get three yards, get a little bit, of, get a little closer, and then um, 
yeah, I, I don't I don't know what to say about the last play other than it was a pretty a pretty normal football play and they just executed and they got it right. I I while watching it live, I thought it was a half hearted kind of chuck up to Stogner. I, I didn't necessarily see Anderson in the back. But um awesome man. Gosh, Nick Anderson. Just screaming flex. Screaming flex afterwards. It was like an elite, an elite level screaming flex. Live, I thought he was throwing it away because the pocket was collapsing on Gabriel and he knows he couldn't take a sack there. So I thought he was just throwing it out of the back of the end zone. And it turns out he he I don't think there's no way he saw Anderson. I guess I didn't I didn't hear any of the post game. Maybe he was asked, Hey, did you I don't know. But because he's everything was just collapsing on him and he just kind of lollipopped it out there. <laughs> it's like I and clearly he trusted his guy, he trusted his read. And it was the right read, and he was wide open. And you got to credit, I actually noticed this, the very first play of the series, the when Drake Stoops, Stoops got 11 yards, it was actually the, that was the same exact play call as the touchdown pass. Because Nick Anderson, same, uh, it's a three-by-one formation. They, they motion Anderson. Actually, no, it wasn't even three-by-one. It, it turns into a three-by-one. So I think I mean, I don't know, they motion Anderson from the right to the left, and the first play, they went to Stoops' read. And then the second one, it was the same exact play, except they, they go to Anderson's side. And it was almost like Austin Stogner was in the flats, and he got all the attention. <laughs> like, everybody was up on Austin Stogner, and nobody went to Nick Anderson in the background. It's beautiful. Pandemonium. Absolutely beautiful. I, um, I was very excited. I said a lot of F-bombs. It's, it's so fun. It works out that way, right? Yes. I, it's just I, it's incredible. And and so and like I mean obviously I, I'm kind of burying the lead here, but it makes it even just the fact that it they won in the fashion to where it just absolutely ripped the heart out of the state of Texas is so deliciously wonderful. It's so great. And um that's that that's why we love this sport, guys. That's it just days like yesterday it was it was it was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Let's go to the West of Evers Facebook page for your three-word reviews. Longtime listener Harry says, River runs crimson. Longtime listener Philip says, Despite special teams. <laughs> Going to go with the, the glass half-empty version. but uh, Oh, Philip also says, Now that's defense. Also, DG Heisman consideration. Um, let's see. Tim says first of two, and a lot of people have said that they're going to play again the Big Twelve title game. Uh, I mean, odds would certainly favor that uh, the way the Big Twelve is going right now. Allen has a few. He says defense stands tall. Gabriel's for real. Sooner freaking magic. Micah says believe in Brent. Yeah, I mean he's given us a lot to believe in. I mean you have to. Yeah, good for I mean, him. It's, man. If you're I don't really know how you can be like, obviously there should always be healthy skepticism to anything. I, you can't Venables has shown, shown us a whole hell of a lot. The, the, the first half of the season, they are totally oh different. They're totally different. They I just Impressive. like, I, I'm, I'm still just struck by last season. How just how out of sorts they seemed when everything was going crazy during games and then just and the just the night and day difference this year. It is it's so refreshing. It's so nice. It's um it's it's delightful 
is what it is just after how frustrating last season was and just like that they actually worked on this thing and they changed it for like the positive is just like i don't know i'm in man david says we're for real hunter says dg's heisman moment i I mean i I mentioned it a few weeks ago like i know it's early it's just it's it's just like because people always talk about Heisman. You got to throw Dylan Gabriel in there. I mean, we're six games in, Grant. Dylan Gabriel's definitely a Heisman contender. <laughs> 100%. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if... I mean, we six games left, but right now it's... And after uh, after how bad Caleb Williams was last night, um, right now, I mean, right now, I'm sure the straw polls, it's going to be probably Michael Penix and Dylan Gabriel, probably one, two. Man, the the lefties getting some love. That's the thing is it's going to be tough for Caleb because everyone always holds it against previous Heisman winners. Like, I've already won one. Like you got to be extra great. But I'm just like I, I want to, and we'll, we'll get to it probably more. But I just I hope everyone was able to stay up to watch that USC game last night. They won, but like, isn't it just like it's it's the perfect comparison of you get to see how OU you know, was able to win against Texas in the manner in which they were able to win. And then you watch Lincoln Riley's USC team this year, and oh man, that is that is 2021 Oklahoma without Nick Benito and Delarian Turner-Yell and Isaiah Thomas on defense. <laughs> like, I'm serious. I mean, that is, they are the same team. It's crazy how that works out. It's wild. Uh, Rhonda says, what a win. Robert says, Sooner Magic. Jacob, goal line stand. Same with Matt, same exact one. Uh, Shane says, need heart meds. Get those a lot. Uh, KJ also pumping up the goal line stand. Uh, Shelly says, no mo doubting. (laughs) Uh, Steven says, Anderson just catches touchdowns, adding an extra word. We'll allow it. Uh, Trey says, again in December. Nathan says, we got heart. Michaels, three-word review, is 6-0. and oh. Justin says, what a game. Uh, mentions, says, when was the last time OU's defense had a goal line stop like that? Yeah, we talked about it. It's crazy. Gabe says, Gabriel, a legend. I mean, that's a, that's a performance of legends right there in that game. No doubt about it. That's the dude's that's his name into the, the OU Texas lore. Yeah, I'll... Um Hey man, I, I I like all of the criticisms I've had of him. I I still think those are valid and I think they're reasonable. But I, he's he's the guy. He it's this it's his team, and so like that is, um, the fortunes of OU is are are gonna are gonna rest on his left arm this year, and I'm okay with that. He just earned that. He earned that right to be for us to be okay with it, with what he did on Saturday. It's this is his team. Let's let him finish it out. See what he does with it. Couple more here on the West of Evers Facebook page. KJ says, "Revenge is ours." And yeah, I mean, obviously, it's always great to beat Texas. Uh, the way last year went down was terrible. Um, I, you know, the fact that oh, you did not have a quarterback. I didn't take it as hard just because I knew it was a, you know, a weird situation. And I think most people feel that way too. I mean, unless you just don't know anything about football. But yeah, I mean, Gabriel would have played last year. Would have been Gabriel would have played last year. Would have been a really close game. I mean, yeah, they had a, they, they wouldn't have lost that. 
OU would have scored some points. <laughs> I'm pretty confident of that. Uh, and lastly, this is a perfect one to end on from the Facebook page. Caleb says, Texas still sucks. Let's go over to X, Twitter. I think the longer it's called X Grant, the more I think people will start calling it and the less it sounds ridiculous. I've decided. I think people are just going to call it Twitter forever because that's what it is. Our cousin James says overcame special teams and great teams cover. Yeah, it's 6-0 and against the spread. That's BV's getting people paid. <laughs> uh, Matt says, <laughs> damn, old son. <laughs> okay. Uh, Gonzo Strangelove says, should have pulled away. Would have been nice. Uh, goal line stand, DG, fast equals inaccurate. So some a little negativity, but Gonzo Strangelove's always kind of look at the nuance of the game. Uh, he, he adds uh, he, that Dylan came in clutch when it really mattered, but his accuracy issues when he makes a split-second decision are part of why Oklahoma could not pull away earlier. Uh, longtime listener Josh says, give me my hat, like that. And also instant freaking classic. I like Tim's. I mean, we've touched on this a couple of times. Tim says, good for BV. Yeah, I mean, good for Brent Venables. He's a good guy. And it's, I'm happy, happy for him, happy for the team. It went through a lot last year. We all did. Hey, how about um, I saw maybe some other non-OU people point this out. How about them not, they didn't really blitz at all. Remember how we, we went into it saying like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to just have to throw a lot of exotic blitzes at, at yours and everything. They didn't. I mean, not, not to say they didn't no. blitz at all. They did every now and They did not blitz anywhere near as much as they have in the previous five games in this game. And I, and that's got to be, because remember, what was one of the biggest things in the first five games? Man, where's that pass rush going to come? Where's that pass? Texas had to change up a lot of what they were doing in the game because they could not protect yours. And it, that no, was great. I mean, the gosh, that's awesome. They got organic pressure. Yeah, it was great. I mean, they got organic pressure with their front four all game. I mean, those guys, those guys played really well, and it was really pleasantly surprising. I mean, surprising relative to the competition. Like they're they're good players. I mean they they showed they showed some pretty good organic pressure against Iowa State, who by the way just beat TCU. TCU stinks apparently. <laughs> I had forgotten stinks. that they lost last week. Big too. Twelve stinks. Um, or it's just really good. Yeah, who knows? I'm going to decide that. I actually think it's really good. Uh, let's see. Matt Z says, O-line look great. I know you have a few here, Matt. Uh, special teams horrid. <laughs> New punter, please. <laughs> uh, Brett, a long-time listener, says, special teams sloppy. Michael says, the Big 12 loses. Big 12 in, in one word. Um, I, don't, I don't really care about the Big 12. I, I mean... Whatever. Like, they had their chance to, to maybe not make this happen years ago, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Let's see. A couple more here. Uh, hey, our old friend P23570. Got a lot here. Uh, I, I didn't see. I guess I'm going to guess Lee Corso picked Texas. He says Corso curse lives. I think Baker was the only one that didn't pick Texas. Oh, yeah. Can we, can we talk about how – I'll be honest with you. When I was watching college game day or like right before kickoff and Baker was the guest picker and 
there was like a there was basically you know the graphic up on the screen where it was everybody's picks and Baker was the only one with OU there and it was the freaking Longhorn logo for everyone else. I started to get weirdly confident. I was like, oh man, this is just like obviously this is me just thinking about life kind of like as a storyline as our friend Brady Trantham has has kind of talked. But I was like, this is just perfect. This is just perfect for everybody's like. If they win this game, it's always going to be like everyone's always going to remember that it was Baker, like that was there, and he was the only one who picked us. And it's just like it's all setting up really great. I thought I thought it was awesome. I, it was just like it was. It's like when, once you saw Baker on there, I was like, oh man, it might be their day. Yeah, it's good to see Baker. I mean, Baker's having a nice year with Tampa. He's back. I mean, every, he's just everyone loves. Him. He's great. I love the guy. He's he's so fun. He just he seems like a dude. You like it's, it's a cliche, but he really does seem like. And I, he kind of is this way. I mean, I, I don't know him that well. Well, I don't I don't know him, but like I've been around him a little bit. And he is a, I mean, he's a guy that's just like he grew up as a OU fan, played football, and now he's just an NFL guy that still loves OU. And I guess a lot of those guys kind of are too. Like Gerald McCoy is kind of the same way. You see him, he's like, ah, dude just loves OU. He seems like just a regular dude. Uh yeah, good stuff there. More from P two three five seven zero says Walker is RB1. Shout out Tawi. Yes. Yeah, he's the he he he's the, he's the best match for what this offense is good at. And I think he's going to be the guy like they're not going to be super explosive in the run game this year unless they can somehow gosh, would it be sweet like if in the bye week they find some sort of way to get Sachuk going. I I don't know. I mean that would be great. But um cuz man, I mean that was I'm still that holding was out cool. hope. I still think Sachuk's going to be a thing at some point. He's, he has to be like he I mean, hasn't I had hope. like any mileage on the tires this year. Like he's going to be fresh. He's got to be. And, and I know the coaching staff wants him to because uh, apparently Barnes is going to be injured all year. Well, the offensive line just played their best game of the season and uh, hopefully they can build on that. And hey, it's, it's right on time. This is typically right when, you know, Beaton Baugh's offensive line start to start to put everything together. So um, I saw some people I, I didn't. I noted I was kind of looking for it a little bit in the rewatch this morning when I was watching it, but Caden Green did play a lot at left guard in this game. Yeah, and um, basically on all of their nice runs, he was a really big factor in it, making space, moving kind of like their interior guys out of the way, which is a that's a big deal because that that's been one of the things that they struggle with, just getting organic movement on the like actually pushing bodies out of the way he was doing that a little bit and he was doing that to byron murphy and to vandre sweat yeah i'm glad you brought him up i, I was going to mention him earlier uh, he definitely had a lot of push on one of tawi's touchdown runs i think the second one uh and yeah he got a lot of snaps so i mean that offensive line and people were talking down, about it you know, the, the depth people were talking people were talking about it too and i i made sure to watch it the few times i've watched this clip but on, on, on the game-winning touchdown pass, Walter Rouse does block two guys. And it, it does allow yeah. DG to get the pass off. And that is a... Yep. That's big time. And so I, the one thing that my eyes told me going into this game, which I thought was an, an underrated aspect of OU's chances to win the game, was that... And I said it. Uh, OU is, is an elite pass-protecting team. They are extremely good at it. It is. I, I, I thought it was a very good bet coming to this game that DG would have a lot of time to throw, and he did. He was clean the entire time. They, they squirted through a few times, and he had to eject, but, but of course. I mean, you're going, against, you're going against a top 10 defense in college football with a lot of good athletes. That's going to happen sometimes. Um, 
But man, that they did not collapse the pocket once on him. That's big time. Yeah, no, it was great. The pass pro was fantastic. Uh, P two three five seven zero has a couple more. Uh, he says, "Who needs Caleb?" <laughs> and also in parentheses, he says, "Like air quotes, Texas is back." <laughs> uh, Texas is good. They're a good team. Uh, I know you got a lot of a lot of three word views here, guys. Let me they are see a good team. Anything but else? They are who we thought they were, and the reasons that Texas lost this game were kind of the stuff that shows up, like the their. They're glitches that have shown up in the first five games. Texas has not been overly efficient on offense with success rate. And as soon as they've crossed over into the other side of the field, they've struggled to finish drives and score. And that's that's what happened in this game. So, I mean, Texas is who they are. They're they're really good, but they're they're inconsistent on offense. And OU is just a tad more consistent on offense. And that's why they won this game. Let's finish it up with Dan. Dan says, that final drive, rivalry delivered today, I hate Texas, and horns down, baby. Thank you, everybody, who left us three-word reviews on Twitter, X, and on Facebook. Uh, I know you all probably just call it Twitter. I, I'll, I think it's kind of fun to call it X just because it's just X. Like, what? what is that? Who calls things X? Uh, anyways, who cares? All right, well, I uh, I did not stay up late to watch the USC game. I went to bed when it was 17-7 to 7 Arizona because I had an early flight in the morning and I wanted to at least get a little bit of sleep. When I woke up, I assumed I was going to look at USC having won the football game, uh, but I saw they, so I saw they won in overtime by, by two. <laughs> yeah, they got to, the, they got to the, the round where it was interchanging two-point conversions. It was just the one. The USC got their two-point okay. conversion, and then they stopped Arizona. I saw some no-context college football tweet of, like with the USC kicker looking all goofy and stuff. What was that about? Did the one that? that was that was at the very end of the game. That was that was with the clock expiring and going out. One of the most hilarious <laughs> things I've ever seen. You just like you watch it. Just just watch how far the ball goes when he kicks it. <laughs> <laughs> it goes like a yard and a half and it has like a full flight trajectory it just goes like up and then down uh i need to see like an actual good view of this okay hold on here we go i got it <laughs> i i was watching it this morning on uh on twitter just like oh it's like a just a little eight second video clip and i just let it keep playing and pl- and i just i had a laugh attack it's one of the, it's one of the funniest <laughs> visual things I've ever seen. Uh, that is really funny. Uh, man, yeah, I mean, that was supposed to be one of their, like, kind of easy-ish games going into this final six-game stretch of the year for USC, and they still struggled. They had to strain to beat Arizona, and now, now they get a a really mad Notre Dame team who's already lost twice. Now they got to play them in South Bend. Uh, granted, I guess maybe USC getting pressed like that, maybe that's a good thing going into this game because now they'll, I mean, they clearly were looking ahead, but also that's just the way USC's been this year. They, yeah, I'm actually kind of, my, if you would have, I think USC's going to win that game. I think I think just Lincoln Riley's MO, they're, they're going to come out and they're going to, their offense is going to go up and down the field on Notre Dame in that game. 
but I, oh, Notre Dame's probably going to run for 350 yards, but like it's going to, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't surprise me if USC scores 50 in that game. Same. Yeah, I don't, I mean, Notre Dame just kind of seems like always the same team. They're always kind of just like, they're pretty good. Uh, like, they're probably going to win you nine games, eight, nine games, maybe 10. I guess every once in a while, compete for a playoff, but it's like, they're never anything like super special. Um, their uh, their schedule. I, I saw last night against Louisville. Their schedule over the last three weeks has just has kind of turned out to sort of just work against them. Like they've played three consecutive big time like prime time games, and I know the first one was at home, and of course that was just a really emotional loss to Ohio State. And then they and then they had to play like back to back weeks. They on the road they had to play the six thirty p.m. night game on ABC against kind of like plucky teams that have sort of soft schedules and that's the toughest game on their schedule that season yeah that's sort of that's tough that that and like that's like one of those things that you can never predict like when you look at preseason schedules like you can't you don't necessarily know how the season's gonna go but that's 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 like if i was a notre dame fan i'd feel kind of cheated by that just bad luck all right i gotta wrap it up here you got anything else you want to hit on before we go no, I'm uh, I'm I'm just exceptionally happy that they won this game. Um, I and I'll cop to it. I downplayed on the, on the podcast like we last week. I downplayed my my enthusiasm. I thought they really really could win that game, and I felt pretty good about it. Um, but I, I there was just a part of me that was saying, "Nah, don't don't get too excited about it. You're just you're going to be way more disappointed. Keep it a little close to the vest." And um, Man, they delivered. They delivered it. That it was fun to see, and it's so. It's it's all out in front of, uh, in front of them now, guys. It's uh, that's that's what that win affords you now. You can start thinking about, like, and I, I texted you and Brady, and I said, "Screw it, let's chase number eight. Let's just do it. This is. It, it might be a weird year." Well, yeah, I, I certainly thought they could win. I said it on the on the podcast. It's just it was one of those games going in though that it's so rare where Texas. Texas is actually pretty good. Like, they were better than OU going in. Like, normally you go into this game, and it's like, crap. Uh, OU should win this game probably by at least two touchdowns. But how are they going to find a way to screw it up? Because Texas isn't that good, but OU's better. Like, so going into this one, it's like, you know what? That, that's what I, kind of the vibe I wanted to put across. Like, you know, like, good for Texas for actually being good for once going into this game. <laughs> like, so it's like, let's, right, let's, let's see what happens. Also, and, I, I really yeah. do kind of want – and I, and I hope this narrative does die with you know in the next six to seven weeks before they're likely going to play again. I'll I'll buy that Texas is marginally more talented than Oklahoma, but this talk about like this decided talent and athleticism advantage that was that was a bunch of hooey the entire week. I I, I could even make the argument that OU's defense is more talented than Texas's. I like I don't like. Texas Texas's offense probably has a little bit more high end talent than OU's does. Def- on the defensive side of the ball, I I don't think that's the case at all. This was so interesting. This is now that I'm out of the media business, I don't pay attention to really any of the talk. So I didn't even know that was even a talking point. Like I won this game, I watched a little bit of Texas tape, saw what they looked like, like, okay, here we go. And I didn't know. I mean, because yeah, that, that's kind of that's that's silly. I mean, Oklahoma's recruited really well the last couple of years, last few years. OU is so more OU is more talented than Texas at cornerback, at safety, and at linebacker. Well, Texas was out uh, was down with their best corner though, right? 
Yeah, Watts I guess Watts was out. And so, I mean, that, and, you know, and I'm sure there's, and I actually haven't seen a lot of Texas fans use that as an excuse at all, which is kind of surprising, but, um, yeah, man, I, I feel like OU stacks up with them man for man pretty freaking well. And I, like, I don't really want to hear any of this crap in early December when they're playing again about how Texas squandered their opportunities and they're way more talented. And it's, no. <laughs> I, OU's defense has a lot of talent. They got a lot of speed. They got some wide receivers who can hurt you. And they got a really good quarterback. Quinn Ewers might be more, might be more talented than Dylan Gabriel. He's not a more consistent college quarterback than Dylan Gabriel is. I agree. All right, we have a bye this week or an open week, so no telling what our next show will be. Uh, it may take this week off. may have one pop up here at some point. I don't know. Uh, I'm traveling. It's kind of a weird schedule. So check the West of Everest Facebook page for the latest. Uh, 6-0, Grant. OU, Texas, a classic. And now we await a week off of football. I'm happy that Oklahoma doesn't have a, uh, a letdown spot coming up this next week. Granted, they still could have a letdown spot against UCF because they're going to hear for the next two weeks about how, how awesome they are. I just saw their uh, OU's up to number five now in the AP poll. Okay, cool. Uh, but that's, uh, you know, I have confidence in Brent Venables that he will make sure that these guys don't uh, have their heads inflated because everything he's done so far this year has been correct. And it's worked. So we'll see how it all plays out. All right, well, until next time, for Grant, I am Lee. This is West of Everest. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to the show. And if you want to help us spread the word, please leave us a five-star review. And also, tell all of your friends who are OU fans about West of Everest. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.